0: Good afternoon, Patriots, and it's Tuesday, January 24th in the year 2023. The normal crazy runs around our world. Of course, the big news is the unfolding issues around the Hunter Biden laptop, which everybody wants your eyes focused on as the economy spirals to the pit, as the World Economic Forum talks to you about eating artificial eggs and fake beef, and as censorship is on the rise... Hunter is supposed to be all you're thinking about. So please only focus on Hunter Biden, nothing else. Wouldn't want you to start using your brain for something bigger, like developing skills, building a garden, whatever. Speaking of which, underneath the podcast today, there's going to be a new link starting going forward. And this new link is a great, great company, and they're known as TreadLight. Treadlight Broadforks. I've been using their product for, I guess, coming up on the third season now and came became aware of the concept of broadforks for digging in the garden a long time ago. It was actually original design I came across. It was by John Jevons and Bountiful Gardens back in the 80s when they were doing, when I was studying double dug beds and restoration of, of the land. Broadforks are an amazing way to do deep, Uh, breaking up of your soil, built deep tining. They run about, they have approximately six to five to six, four to six blades or digging tines on them. This is a small family owned business, great family that has uh, been building these and they're super, super fantastic. So if you head on over to Treadlight Broadforks and I'll put that link below. It's T-R-E-A-D-L-I-T-E broadforks.com. We'll put the link. There's free shipping on these right now, which is great. That's part of the offer, which is great. Use your promo code at checkout. Bards, B-A-R-D-S. There's a shocker for you, but um, really good product. Highly recommend it. I've used them now for the toughest of soils, and it's a good timing to get this in and into your inventories. They're uh, they're well worth the money. That's one one of these things that you buy, and it will last you a lifetime. And the, the intensity of digging I've done with this thing is crazy. Literally like almost concrete, hard clay earth that I've managed to break up using these. And I use it now to maintain my beds without having any disturbing of the topsoil. So really good product. Check it out. And I'll put that link starting now underneath the podcast. Really worth checking out a lot. That's one thing. And then the other thing is to make sure that in your home you've got your defense plan. You're practicing pretending that there's lizard heads coming into your yard and what are you gonna do about those? You know how passionate I am about our constitution and especially the second amendment, but just as passionate about being responsible and protecting my family. I discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and continue to improve your skills. It's called iTarget Pro and this system is a game changer for me. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into my firearm, and start training. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. Right now, save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter iTargetPro.com, iTargetPro.com. The offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you definitely need. Indeed, we all need this. It's awesome. Tonight, we have Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers on, retired Special Forces, who's been fighting for our soldiers, keeping away the mandate and the vax, which is so important. But I also want to assure you, without any question, that the World Economic Forum is here to help, and they're going to remind you of why they're disappointed in Elon Musk.
1: I think that uh, the confidence has been weakened. And I I had quite high level of confidence when it comes to Twitter. I have to say that we worked with knowledgeable people, with the lawyers, with the sociologists who understood that they have to behave in some decent way, not to cause really big harm to the society. I always felt that this, this notion of responsibility was there so this is what i don't feel from uh, elon musk personally our message was clear we have the rules which has to which have to be complied with and otherwise there will be sanctions
0: you shall eat the bugs and you shall follow the rules and there should be no deviation from the plan <laughs> These fascists are awesome. I mean, they are just like totally locked in. It's the sanctions shall come and the bugs shall arrive after that. By the way, do be careful about what you're eating these days. If you're eating processed potato chips or some sort of vegetable chip or something, read the labels. Cricket proteins are showing up. Bug proteins are being integrated now. They're not telling you. So if you're out here going like, what about, uh, I'm don't I I'm, I'm eating healthy. And then you look at the label and you're like, yeah, you're eating healthy, dude. You're eating like bugs. That's great. Lovely. Mealworms. But they want you to eat sea bugs. And they're not happy with Elon Musk. Because Elon, whoever Elon is, is I'm pretty sure Elon's been replaced. Like most everybody at this point in time has been replaced in this matrix that we're working in. Everybody's got a clone. Everybody's got a Biosynthetic double or something, or the matrix is just manufacturing new versions of them. I have no idea. It's it's the weirdest thing ever. Like Trump doesn't know who Silk is. That's a great one. We played that yesterday. But Musk didn't make them happy because Musk was not following the rules, and he was not obeying. He was not being a good, good fascist because he was not listening to what they had agreed upon so that you should all be dumb and stupid and be obedient to the greater good and eat the bugs. I'm not eating any bugs. I've got cattle. They're not getting mRNA shots. And we're going to eat beef. Let's pray. Father, we are once again joining in prayer today as we do each day. Blessed by all that you give and blessed by the discernment you've provided for us. We are truly in crazyville, twilight zone maybe. And it never ceases to amaze us how this continues to unravel and reveal itself. And this is truly a gift you've given us to be able to see dark to light. The demons are in plain view. So we truly are thankful for that. And we're grateful for the continued pursuit of truth and the courage that is continuing to grow in this time that we live for people to speak truth. Father, today, we're, as we kind of just look across the world, I think the one thing that becomes very apparent is that there are many people that are still living in fear, living under the oppressive thumb of what fear creates and what people allow into their lives, we equally have across this world so many that have been damaged by this injection. And so we're we're praying for them today. We're praying that in those that are feel like they're isolated or alone, in particular our elderly, father, who in this process of this fight as attention has been drawn to the children, we continue to culturally justify the casting out and imprisoning of our elderly, to have them die alone or in slow and useless lives. The wisdom class. We've accepted the the ongoing death of the wisdom class as if it's normal. We've normalized the incarceration and the slow murder of our elderly all for the sake of having our homes a easier place to live or our experience being easier in our midlife so that we don't have to deal with our parents because somehow in this culture in which we are living in, if we are dealing with our parents, we're seen as kids that never grew up. We have to get past these lies, Father. We have to get past the lies and start to realize that as children, we have a responsibility to take care of our parents. We have a duty to take care of our parents. And that doesn't mean that we have to be with them our whole life by any means, but there is a time and a place where that sort of responsibility needs to be given. As we shall love our neighbor, we should love our parents and take good care of them. So in this time, Father, when there, we have as a culture are watching the destruction of so many issues, values, ethics, the health and wellness of children, the continued abortion of babies, the insurgence of illegals and people that are truly have no good intent in their heart coming across the border, the mass influx of pregnant women and the extension and expansion of the rape networks that are going on for the satisfaction of evil people and broken souls as they manufacture more of their own and the, the expansion of the grooming culture and the pedophiles. So many things. We need to, in the process of this, Father, take care of our elderly. They are the wisdom class. They're the anchor that keeps us from going off astray. They have so much to share and so much to say, and yet we do nothing collectively as a culture. We fight for one, which is on one side we fight for the children, but we take for granted that our elderly should be shipped off into homes or whatever we do. And it's a sad testimony because what they have to offer in the elder in the later years is immense. Unfortunately, there's an arrogance that has settled in in our culture that has allowed us to perceive elderly as outdated or we get tired of hearing their wisdom. And it's a sad statement. We ourselves shall become them at one day and what we sow we shall reap. So, Father, we pray for that awakening, and uh, and we pray for the the inspiration in the inspiration of the hearts of the many to start taking a step towards reclaiming that beautiful relationship with their parents and with the elderly, and if and to also start to attending to them to give them some ways to talk. So many elderly are out here alone and are living alone living in the fear and the oppression of this manufactured propaganda of hell that they've done, getting in people's head, making them believe in the death shot, making them believe in the oncoming new pandemic, getting them convinced that they're going to have to comply again or they're going to lose their savings or they're going to be left astray. This is the power of evil control that then uses those instruments to control votes, to control outcomes, to influence culture. It's a sickness. And every person that's behind that sickness that has been an instrument in making it perpetuate needs to be accountable to that destruction. So we pray for our elderly. We pray for our wisdom class. We pray for those that are truly not taking the responsibility as they should as children to take care of their parents. And we pray for an awakening in this nation to start being proud of connecting with parents, to being connecting with the elderly, the wisdom class, to taking care of them and not just casting them out. Such a change needs to settle in for a nation shall not survive if it cannot take care of its youth and its elderly. And a testimony to a nation is how it takes care of its youth and its elderly. And our testimony, Father, is dismal. And so, in this period of time, as we roll through this awakening and this greater perspective on what is important in our lives, may we have in our eyes open to the importance of our wisdom class, our elderly, and how much value they bring to our lives, the enrichment they bring to the youth and the children. And the soul that they revive in this nation. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. I and it's really this elderly topic really does get on my nerves. And I and I'm not taking away from the importance of focusing on children, but why is it that as a culture we've so willfully accepted that our elderly just need to be cast off? And then once they are. We're just, we're shocked when we hear about bad care. It's like, (gasps) I can't believe somebody's abusing an elderly person. And it's like, I've told you, it's one of the most infuriating things of this COVIDian COVID con thing. Are people like kissing each other through the glass of the retirement home. My dad died because he was in a retirement home and they wouldn't let me in there. You know, I've got about a 3,500-pound winch. No, I'm sorry. It's 12,000-pound ton, twelve winch on the front of my Jeep. I bought a big one. And I will tell you exactly how that would have played out. I would have got up there in the morning. I would have wrapped that damn winch around the front doors, and I would have just turned it on and ripped those doors open, walked in there. Anybody that got in my way, I just would have punched or laid out. I would have picked up my dad or my mom, I would have walked them out the front door. I don't care if the cops would have come. They would have had to deal with me in a different way. Put my parent in my Jeep and taken them home. There is no way I would have passed on this garbage. And I don't, you know, some of this unfortunately was a lot of propaganda because I don't know who was acting those roles because I'm sure there was a bunch of that. But I've talked to people that have literally endured this. So I know that it's not all propaganda. And so for those that acted that part, To try to portray like this is what we have to do. We have to kiss each other through a plastic sheet. We have to touch each other through glass. If you were acting that out for photographs to be put on the web. Yeah, I'm telling you. You're going to be on the front of that line to the lake of fire. And I will be putting a steel toed boot up your butt. If I get the chance. Hopefully somebody else will too. But it's just ridiculous. Discussed me as to the and the acceptance and culture. I mean, this is one thing that's really it's really grinding on me these days. Is we are at a critical point in our culture. This interview we're gonna have tonight is real and it's good. It gives you kind of a kind of a baseline truth of what's happening. And I like it when I get to talk to people that I don't. I just recently meet and we're all thinking the same way. Especially when we share backgrounds and similar backgrounds. So we're looking at a country right now that's tr- literally unraveling. And I just, I'm still stunned at how hard it is to pull people off the bench. It's like, oh, golly, I'm so glad. Kind of passed this COVID thing. We can get back to normal. I can start making some money in the crypto market again. And yeah, it's been a little rough and the dollar's dying, but I'll figure out some new ways to use AI to re-innovate my business. It's like, did you not learn anything? Did you not learn anything in the last five years? And this is the enslavement trap. This is exactly what they were intending to do. Wear everybody down. So then when they start throwing out the toys into the public, which they're doing right now, this is these AI things. Throw the toys out there. People are looking around going, okay, well, the debt ceiling is going to come and, and then they're going to probably raise it again. Those doggone government people, they just can't keep a budget. Did you ever think maybe that that was by design? Here's a little side note for you, kind of important to do and to keep in mind. If they don't raise this debt ceiling, which is debatable right now, they always play this game, and they like to bring up the whole discussion. It makes for great media noise, and it keeps people's eyes off of the real topic. But here's some real issues. If you don't raise the debt ceiling, and they say they're not going to or not be able to until June because they have to see what the tax receipts are, they can, without congressional approval, Yellen, who runs the Federal Reserve, I think that's who's running the Federal Reserve, whoever's running the Federal Reserve, can, without congressional authorization, Seize your tax returns, stop Social Security payments, and stop EBT payments. That would be in Oregon. We call it Oregon Trail. makes it so family friendly. There are so many people that have been attached to a welfare type program and so many people that are counting on their tax returns to do something else, which always blows me away. It's like, wait a minute, you overpaid the government. And now you're waiting for them to give you your money back that they've used the whole year to operate on. And if you don't pay them on time, they charge you like 12% interest. But if you, if they don't pay you on time, you just have to wait. And you've overpaid them anyway. That's always a smart system. All by design. Keep you enslaved. Keep you an obedient, obedient, good little cow. Because... It, you need to be herded into your your various corrals, and we have many corrals. One is called United States of America. If, from the globalist perspective, that is one big corral, and it's been a difficult one because the cattle in that corral have not been obedient very well to the globalists. So they've broken it down to states and into counties, and they've they've created these sub-corrals. And in some of those sub-corrals, people are doing very well. They're being very obedient. They're burning the cities down. They're defunding the police. The criminals are taking control of the streets and the people are cowering in fear, even though they have guns and they have all the rights to stand up and defend themselves, the people are locking their doors and cowering in fear. So the globalists have won there. And then we have the voting system, which is outrightly fraudulent rigged and people keep saying, yeah, but we have to vote. The globalists won there too. And then we have a taxation system. that's absolutely outright illegal. There's not even a rule in the United States that says you have to pay, but they threaten you and they say, okay. And so people say, well, I don't like paying taxes, but I'll have to pay more because the government said so. This is all free will, folks. And yes, as a tyranny, they put some pow—they put some teeth behind it, but they put teeth behind it because they know that the mass won't stand up in unison. It'll just be individuals. And so what they do is they target the individuals and then they behead the individual, so to speak. They take out the one. That is speaking out. It's what the military is doing right now. They're just going after those that are you know, trying to speak up against the injection. And so they're going to penalize those so they make an example of them because you did the right thing, but don't ever do the right thing under my command because doing the right thing means that I don't get a promotion or a career a career bump. That's what the government's doing. And they've done it to the entire society. Governments are cancer. So this is really a juncture of, of, of a fork in the road where people are going to have to decide what are you going to do. Whom will you serve? Whom will you serve? And I'm waiting for someone to throw the quote at me. It's some it's in Romans where it's like you must pay. You must do what the government tells tells you to do and pay your taxes or whatever. That's like the dumbest quote. I mean, yes, it's scriptural. It's not dumb from scripture, but it's the dumbest way to use that passage ever. And nowhere in there did God say. When your government is satanic and it is and it is harvesting children, and it has built in one of the most divisive and effective child trafficking systems called as called as uh, family services, and when it's creating wars to kill you and other people, and when it's using its information and propaganda services to twist the minds of the youth in your you, when it's funding pedophiles and groomers in public schools. And when they're using their intelligence network to monitor and track everything you do to become a police state. And when they're working with corporations to constantly work to enslave you even more through the digital conveniences that they offer. God did not say, please pay your taxes. Just saying. But if you want to believe that, I'll tell you what, you can probably find. If you go down to the local corner store these days, it's like in every street. You can find somebody sell you a rock, a crack, you can smoke, and it'll be cheap. And you can continue that illusion. So it is really time for people to get serious about what the situation is. This country is, I mean, we are literally like, this is, I'm just going to close with this, but it really reminds me of this because it's like we're sitting out here rowing in the boat and people are like, Wow, this is such a beautiful scenery. And, and you, you're, you're awake and you're looking in the boat. You're like, dude, we are literally rowing through floating turds and it's raw sewer. It stinks like poo. And people are like, no, that's not it. That's the smell of roses. It's like, uh-huh. I'll tell you a real story as we close here. This is for real when they first brought oranges into england in the mercantile system and trade when they opened up trade routes to singapore the merchant ships would go up and load their vessels with many of the fruits that came from that area and one of the popular fruits for the noble nobility and the elite in england were the oranges so they would load the 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 ships with these oranges And the thing is that they would rot because they needed to be, they would, they would rot over four months at ocean, whether you believe that or not. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? And they would ferment. And so instead of throwing the cargo away because they couldn't throw the cargo away, they would lose their expense. They put them out for sale and they just told people like, these are oranges. And this is a new exotic fruit. I'm not kidding. This is real history. The new exotic fruit. And so these elites would walk around and they would eat rotting oranges and they would smell, it would smell of putrefying oranges with green mold or whatever else was growing on them. And they would be told that this was an exotic fruit from the Middle East. And they would eat it and they'd buy it. Like, I must have it. I must have my rotting fruit because I must suddenly become aware and awake and in the crowd. This is literally the perfect example of where we are right now. It's like I am living in a pile of poo, but it's so wonderful. I've dug out my little cave within this pile of poo, and I'm enjoying it so much. And each day I step out, and I step out in muck, but I don't put my muck boots on. I don't want to do that. I want to experience it. I want to breathe in this world. I want to help it any way I can. I want to serve it and be obedient to it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um it's 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 time for America to wake up. I'll tell you. We're gonna have a great interview tonight. Hope to see you there. This is awesome. Uh Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers retired. Looking forward to it. I believe tomorrow night I've got Carrie midday on. It's either tomorrow or Thursday, and then I'm expecting to have one of my close friends, former Delta Force operator, and one of the legends in that community, Joe Vega, on on uh Friday, Friday night, and he's a Somali veteran. He is literally one of those that the film Black Hawk Down was written around. So this is going to be a great week of great people. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time in this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy, mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now.
1: We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe